Welcome to JR Art Loud, the podcast of Jewish Renaissance. I'm really delighted today to welcome Ben Nathan, and we're going to talk about Semites. You've got an absolutely superb title for your show that really nails it, doesn't it? Particularly at the moment in this climate of anti-Semitism and indeed you know, anti-Muslim feeling in this country, Semites is a brilliant title. Are you finding that it's yeah. really catching the public interest? Yeah, it, 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 it kind of ticks lots and lots of boxes. So it's the perfect title. Mm. And do, do you think it, in the current climate, as I said, do you think that it can help to as a cal- more calming influence then, you know, bringing us all together on that, that under your umbrella of Semites? Um, I don't know. I mean, I've had the challenge to the to even the, the one Semites that I thought was, you know, non, non-confrontational to people who say, well, that, you're doing a disservice to the term anti-Semitic. People then think that anti-Semitic is, is, is attacks that happen on Jews and Muslims. So, you know, not everyone's been happy with the title, which I understand, but I think the, the main point there, and I'm, I've become very resilient and thick-skinned to criticism, because I think when you do anything, uh, any kind of presentation of this subject, there's always going to be some group or person that's not happy, and that's okay. That is a really beautiful answer. It sounds like an amazing project, and it's been such a long time in the making. Yes. Just one thing that worries me always is that you've got me on side, obviously. Do you worry about preaching to the converted? How do you get people, how do we get people to change their perceptions from coming to see this sort of thing? Well, how do we get people to come and see this sort of thing? thing and then you're going to change their perceptions, but you want the people who have very polarised perceptions to come. I think it would be unrealistic for... Uh, you know, to expect people who have quite entrenched uh, views on the uh, on the story to go away and and uh, and have changed that dramatically. So I think it, for me, it's more about just people opening their ears a little bit more, even if it's just a tiny, tiny bit, just to sort of uh, you know consider that there are two very legitimate narratives at play here, and that there are. Um, you know, to the core values that mean a lot to both people. That and 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 have we got? Can you have the ability to hold those two concepts in your hands at the same time? You know, and we're doing the Arab-Israeli, but this could be how you know the reasons that people voted or didn't for Trump. But but the ability to hold on to two opposing narratives at the same time. Yes. Um, so I think what I'd like the play to do is to get people to begin that journey. Only that, just to begin it. That's a really realistic and beautiful idea, actually. You calling it verbatim theatre, most verbatim theatre I've seen so far has actually involved wearing headphones and people playing the words through them. I don't know why I'm sort of guessing you're not doing that, but tell me which way you're going on that one, you, you and Lara. Well, I think, obviously, there there is the, um, the original testimonies themselves, um, and I think when people or theatres have used the headphone technique, they have mimicked you know, the, the voices as authentically and and precisely as they possibly can. Now, we're doing that as well, but we are also, um, you know, giving some control to the actors, myself and Lara, to uh, bring a bit more, more of our own kind of um, skill, uh, um, our own interpretation, uh, our own, you know, expression of it as well. 
Um, because for me, you know, it, it doesn't grab me as much the idea of just of just being a kind of a, a a tool through which you know headphones tell you what to say. I like the idea that we're free of that and that we, you know, more we're more organic uh, in terms of the human form and the human voice and the human body. Yes, I can I can see how that might work better for this. Also, because you have so many voices, don't you? Here, um, how how are you? No, tell me a bit about. Three years of research and interviews. So, were you living out there? No, 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 not at all. No. I was only out there for four weeks. Right, but the three now, years. Well, the, the three years is from. Yeah. Uh, so it begins with the conception of the idea. Mm. Um, it then, you know, leads on to finding interested parties or partners, um, of which Salam Shalom is, is the major mm. one. Mm-hmm. Salam Shalom, yeah. So they're they're sort of my well my main kind of uh, charitable partner. Uh, because they are a media and arts organisation who have supported me from the very beginning um, because it shares their uh, objectives as well. But to answer your sort of three-year thing, you know, that that time includes obviously researching the project, uh, raising money for the two different stages, one which was to go over there and, and source the material, and the second stage was obviously to put the the artistic um, team together, the production team, the technical team. Um, and I have another job at the same time. So that's oh. probably <laughs> why it took three years and not, um, you know, 12, 14 months. Yeah, fair enough. So you you, you researched the people, bef- your, your interviewees, before you went. And... I, I really love the list. It's beautiful because in the middle of it, I mean, you'd expect journalists and students and lawyers and engineers. You probably expect... I love that you've managed to talk to settlers and competence. I'm, I'm, I'm really loving the yoga practitioners. I got a sort of vision of you, you talking to the yoga practitioners. It's very beautiful. So, okay. so you found these... And, and did you speak to them one at a time, you know, like I'm speaking one-on-one to you? Yeah, you know, um, I I would spend anywhere from one to two hours with each of these people, whether it was in their home, uh, in their kitchen, um, in a cafe, um, you know, in a cave in the desert, wherever it might be, um, usually their their, their own living space, and uh, and we would just talk. And and what sort of preconceptions did you find? Were you looking for people who could perhaps yeah. come towards each other or were you just trying to represent every shade of opinion? I was trying to get as broad uh, a variety of perspectives as I could. Um, and, and actually, you know, throughout my trip to Israel and Palestine, I had kind of a graph uh, from from left to centre to right in terms of the political spectrum. And I was kind of annotating people as I went to make sure that I'd kind of, you know, annotated the whole, you know, X x to y axis which you know there were there were probably little bits missing here and there it wasn't a perfect sort of experiment but i think i got pretty close i love that idea you you ought to have it up behind you on the stage i suddenly want to see yeah, your yeah, graph yeah, that's mm. interesting yeah mm. so how did your muslim or um, palestinian because they could obviously be christian as well interviewees feel about the fact that you you were jewish do you know what I, I don't think it was an issue or, or a challenge or an obstacle to anybody, uh, whether they were Israeli, um, you know, Arabs, Israeli Jews, or whether they were Palestinian, Christians, uh, Muslims, Arabs, Druze, whatever. Mm. I don't, I, I genuinely don't think it was a, a problem for anybody. 
and I think the key thing about when you know when you go to that part of the world and you tell them that you're doing a project like mine I would say 85 to 90 percent of no nah, maybe not that much 80 to 85 percent of people um, want their story heard and you know the, the ethnicity of the, of the medium through which they they can communicate that to especially the British is insignificant Good. I'm very pleased to hear that. Also, um, I, you say that you've got family and friends in the region. So tell me about your family. Well, friends, I, 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 I can guess sort of thing. But tell me about your family in the region. Yeah, I've got lots of cousins and aunts and uncles over there who uh, are very, very dear to me. And I've been there from a very young age. Uh, so, you know, I'm very connected to them. And, and, uh, and, and yeah, it, you know, I think some of them were worried about what I was trying to do. Uh, you know, the, the concern that I would get their sort of political um, sort of views across and, you know, not, not at the cost of, of something else. So, um, but that was a balancing act for the whole project. So, um, yeah, I was kind of expecting that and used to it. Well, I'm sure you would have gained people's com- confidence and trust just not just because of what you were doing, but as you say, because you've spent so much time in Israel. I sort of see where you were coming from quite literally. Yeah, I hope so. Well, sounds like it to me, because I haven't heard what you've come up with yet, but I'm yeah. really looking forward to doing that. So have you now got any sort of new perspective on on the possibilities of coexistence? I mean, I just, just to fill you in from where I'm coming from, I actually went to Israel just after the Six-Day War as a youngish teenager. And uh, I don't know, I, at that time, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you thought there was going to be hope, and there's so many times there were, you thought there was going to be hope, you know, you thought about green lines and things like that. And as I've got older, I have despaired of ever seeing any peace in my yeah, yeah, yeah. T- my time. So maybe this you can actually... Inc- you know, console me, give me hope. What, what, what's your perspective on it now? Is it different from when you started? Well, I think in terms of my personal perspective and reaction, before I started the project, um, I would want to get involved in conversations about the subject and want to challenge people, um, and, and, and my levels of sort of tension would raise when the subject was being discussed in whatever environment, whether it was Semitic or not. But I think what's changed now is that when I hear people talk about it, whether they're people who are close to me or or, or just strangers or people I don't know that well, um, I feel that I I sit back a lot more and I just listen and I don't have the urge to challenge people or to uh, give my opinion or to correct facts and all that kind of stuff. I don't feel that now. I feel a lot more relaxed. I hear things that are maybe incorrect or that I find, you know, distasteful because, you know, that the experience has given me more peace of mind, um, that I feel I know the thing, the whole thing a little bit better, that I've heard people's experiences, you know, that, that, that maybe not a lot of people have heard. So I feel much more grounded mm. to return.
some amazing kind of grassroots people and knowing that there are lots of movements for change and for engagement and for meeting. I believe there is a, a grassroots movement that is growing on both sides of the story and you know I prefer to focus on them uh, than to despair at the leadership um, because for me any sort of change is going to come from the bottom it's not going to come from the top. Yes well at least you've met people who will give you some hope then and you, you think you can open minds here and, and, give, yeah. and give us hope too. Yeah, I hope so. You know, and I do think in terms of what who the people I met and in terms of the two sides meeting each other, I think that in itself can give you a lot of conviction and a lot of comfort, um, if anything, because then you feel like you might actually be part of something rather than feeling very separate from any positive movement. Well, that's a beautiful place to stop, probably. Just tell me a bit about Lara, and how do I pronounce her surname? Lara Sawala? Lara Sawala. So she's from a Jordanian family, a Jordanian background, although her mother is English, but her father is from Jordan. She's a wonderful actress. She's from a family of performers in the media in Jordan and in the UK. And, yeah, she's brought a huge amount of, of kind of authenticity to the piece. She's done lots of work on, you know, uh, uh, Middle Eastern uh, kind of theatrical and, and uh, theatrical work. Uh, and for me, it was always really, really important that the artistic team, um, and specifically the other actor, the director and the dramaturg, had some sort of ethnic connection to the story. Uh, so Lara is, is Jordanian. Um, our dramaturg, Tanushka, is Jordanian. Uh, and the director, Daniel, is, I mean, he's not Israeli, but he's Jewish. So but, so all those things were really important for me. Yes, it's beautifully balanced. I mean, I, I think you're quite right that that's really, really important. And and your own background here, finally, yeah. we, we know you've got all these cousins in Israel. So yeah. where, where were you brought up? Um, I grew up in uh, South London as a uh, reform Jew. My mum, uh, you know, goes to a reform synagogue. My dad goes to an orthodox one. Oh, interesting. Um, <laughs> and I grew up, as, yeah, as a South London Jew. I was connected, more, more connected to the reform movement mm. than anything else. Um, I live in Bristol now, uh, where I'm probably more connected with the, the orthodox community. Oh, too, that's interesting. It's sort of a very young, vibrant one in Bristol. And... Uh, yeah, you know, I feel Jewish. Uh, it's very connected to Israel, like a lot of people, more culturally uh, than than religiously. Hmm. Okay, that's really interesting. So there you are. You see, you, your parents are giving you two different backgrounds as well. It's been absolutely terrific to talk to you, and uh, I think you're. It sounds brave and it sounds important, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it. And I hope that it does make a difference. And thank you very much for talking to me today. Ben Nathan, look forward to meeting you next week.